Welcome to the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. I'm Susan Littlefield here on the Rural Radio Network. This being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Well, we wrapped up a Friday, the last trading day of the month of September. Hard to believe how fast things flew by and not such a pretty note when we look at the soybeans. At least we saw some higher numbers finishing out on the corn and the wheat. So much of it associated to what we saw in the stocks report. But then let's look at the bigger picture as well. We know that things look really good in Brazil. Argentina's got their struggles and then Britain. Some say Great Britain was kind of the, the dollar saver of the week. We're going to find out all these details on this week's report. It may be small. But this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small. But we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. And welcome back once again. As you can see, joining me, Sue Martin with Ag and Investment. And we've got Darren Fry with Water Street Advisories. And report day, it always makes things interesting. And I was uh, joking earlier that I kind of like watching you guys uh, right after that report comes out and that kind of knee-jerk reaction the markets do, then to see how we finish up at the end of the day. And it definitely made it interesting. And Darren, let's kind of start out with you as you look at these numbers. What was your big uh, takeaway or surprise, shall we say? Well, I think it was on the wheat, first of all. I mean, that was a huge miss. And we see the wheat production going forward here is much less than what the trade expected. And and that really was bullish. And we've been looking up in wheat for a lot of different reasons. And we actually made some good gains today. Didn't close on our highs, gave it up, but uh, it was a bullish number. Corn was also bullish being under where the trade thought it would be as far as Indian stocks would go. And I think that's a big deal when you come into next year is that your beginning stock number, especially if yields go down from here. Uh, we'll get another piece of that puzzle on the October WASD, um, but it was a bullish number and corn did not close near as well as even wheat did, uh, came way off of its highs. And then the soybeans had a little larger number than the trade was expecting. And obviously they got pummeled here today, closing down over 40 cents a bushel. So. Not surprised how the beans acted. A little surprised the corn, the wheat didn't hang in there a little bit better. Sue, for you, I'm sure uh, soybeans have got uh, piqued your interest with the drop like they did today. Well, I think that a um, couple things. First off, I think the fact that the USDA basically underestimated the bean crop last year uh, came to the forefront, just like they overestimated corn and that one came to the forefront today. Uh, we've been expecting corn. We weren't so sure about beans, but um, on the corn, it certainly does explain why the basis levels have been so strong. And yet it showed a fair amount of corn in on-farm storage yet, which um, I would say farmers are saying, I'm gonna hold it. There's a lot of bin space available this fall. And the end users, especially in the Western Corn Belt, are nervous because they're trying to get a hold of that corn. They need it. Ethanol uh, facilities, for example, are bidding very aggressively. Uh, 65 over out of uh, central Nebraska for uh, March delivery and uh, 40 over coming into today for uh, December delivery or based off of December futures. But I think what we have to keep in mind is, is that 
Now the focus shifts from that over to what our yields are doing. And I got to tell you, in Iowa, the yields are fantastic. Um, a kind of a surprise. And I think in the drier areas, what we're finding is no ponding. That's come into play a little bit in those yields. And the other thing is we did have dewy mornings, which is kind of what we had a year ago too. And until maybe more into July, but then we came back with some August rains. So crop to crop, beans have always looked better. I have a feeling that the corn crop is going to disappoint when it gets all said and done. All right, Darren, for, for you, um, since Sue talked about what we see in Iowa, how are things looking for, for you guys? We're really good over here. There's some poor yields when you get into parts of Indiana, but Illinois, solid, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, even Ohio. Uh, and I hear Eastern Iowa is just, you know, excellent. But uh, we're, we're running above what we thought. And it's because of large kernels and the soybeans are like marbles. Um, we've had some late rains that really affected the kernel size and the size of the bean in the pod. I think that's where the extra yield is coming from. But we're easily outstripping our yield projections by 20 to 30 bushel across the board on corn. And on soybeans, I'd say they're five to seven better than we expected. So as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, I don't want to stray from a question that did come from a viewer. And that was, I've got the bin storage. Do I store on my farm or do I say to heck with it and, and load up everything and take it to town? Darren, we'll start with you. Well, um, as far as storing it, I don't have a problem with that. I think especially in corn, the basis will get stronger when we get past December. I'm concerned in the east about river levels and the fact that we could have a problem floating barges here eventually unless we see some of that change here in the near future. So basis could go to pot. So um, I'm recommending people get basis locked in on anything that moved by the end of the year. But but post the end of the year, I mean, as you get into next year, basically really, really get strong. And I think we got to move six, 700 million bushel of corn west because the sorghum crop was small, the corn crop was small, and there's no wheat to feed. And so the base is going to be incredibly strong out west where Sue is and beyond where she is out west. So if you take a look at this, you might store grain for a basis play, but I think you have to have it hedged at these prices. And soybeans, I'm just flat out bearish all the way around. So uh, I would have it protected, but maybe play the basis game as we get into next year. Sue, what are you telling your clients? Well, here's the thing. Um, I look at the basis right now and, you know, farmers have a tendency to sell beans first and hang on to the corn. But I've been telling them if you have, um, I would have to say, take advantage of the basis they're offering you right now. Um, if you go forward, you have to be expecting a huge increase in the basis. And we've got South American production we have to deal with yet to go through. And so I recommend that they uh, basically move the grain off the combine. You know, in some cases you can get pretty close to seven and a half, depends on where you're at. Um, I would suspect this report today would have helped the cause a little bit. And then I would say buy back call spreads. And now that's not going to help you if the basis increases down the road, but it'll have you there if the markets go higher. If the markets don't go higher and South America produces a good corn crop, then you aren't going to have to be so worrisome. You've, you've uh, captured that basis. The other way you can play it is if you uh, put the crop in the bin, then buy put spreads underneath you 
to cheapen up the costs and then walk it down if the market falls. But I think that um, we're going to be so focused on South American production now. And I would think this September or October report supply demand. I'm wondering if we won't see the beans uptick just a touch in yield, but the corn down ticks in that report. Um, I just am hearing too much. Nebraska's a real kicker. I mean, I'm hearing the yields very disappointing mm. in Nebraska, even on soybeans irrigated. Yeah, it is not just from the few farmers I've talked to, the the struggles here and the key word they all using is volatility. And, you know, Mother Nature was not nice to them throughout this whole growing season. But now I understand um, Argentina has got the same kind of growing struggles uh, that we have had here in Nebraska and parts of Iowa and South Dakota. Yes, they do. And because of that, they're thinking they're going to garner some corn acres and put them into soybeans. Uh, you've also got 3 million more hectares of uh, uh, bean acres coming out of Brazil. And so, you know, we just have to give this market some time here. But I can't emphasize enough how important the uh, Brazilian situation in Argentina, but the Brazilian situation is going to be. The soy dollar uh, out of Argentina really stole some thunder from us and also stole it from Brazil as well as they sold over 60 cargoes of beans through the month of September to China. But I think that um, as we go forward, if the USDA underestimated usage this past old crop season, then I'm wondering how good they're gonna be on our usage going forward, because I think we're gonna have tremendous usage for ethanol demand, uh, biofuels. I think we're gonna have very good demand. Darren, we were talking before we started this program about Great Britain, and I had seen a couple comments that said, oh, Great Britain did it. They helped to save and, and rally within the dollar when they came up with their whole new currency situation. What are you thinking, and how does that tie back to U.S. agriculture? Well, you know, the, the currency market over there has been going down. The British pound has been falling, and and then they came out and they tightened, they raised interest rates. And instead of the British pound going up, it fell some more. And a couple of days later, they had to ease by doing a little QE and putting some money in the system. And I, I think we are really close to having a real problem there. And uh, you know, currencies are a huge market. They just dwarf the bond and the equity markets put together. It's over a 2.4 uh, quadrillion uh, type of market. So we're talking $2,400 trillion. And, and uh, usually you see other countries step in and help out, but nobody stepped in. And, and they had a, payment or a balanced payment crisis going on where things were out of balance, they couldn't pay their bills. And so uh, a guy has to be concerned about some of this, these cracks that are in the economy. It's much like back in 2008 with Bear Stearns and then Lehman, how things got. And I think we could be seeing some of that in countries like Japan, in Great Britain, the euro currency, and the dollar is just taking other countries down. I mean, the strength of our dollar is really making costs uh, of, of buying domestic products really high, and inflationary concerns are really growing around the world, more so than here. So I think we got some real issues ahead of us in the macro uh, picture. I think it's going to make things interesting as we continue through harvest and, and head into the winter months. Well, I appreciate both of you joining us this week. It went extremely fast, uh, this week's report. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. As we always want to remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't suitable to all investors. And that's this week's 
Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup as we wrap up the month of September is what I was trying to say.